Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property, it's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on Fantasy Baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. High drive, center field, hit the wall, grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. Howdy, people! What's good? Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. It is another Wednesday. It is another Wednesday that Will, my co-host and I, Danny Vietti, are taking over the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. It is December 9th. Will Middlebrooks, the World Series champion, longtime MLB veteran, Boston Red Sox, San Diego Padre. How we living out there on the East Coast, my friend? Oh, we're good. We, uh, we got a... Cold front, yeah, high is sixty today, so it's feeling like the holidays. I like that uh, that that entrance you gave me there. That's that's you make me sound a lot better than I was. So I'm gonna hype you up a little bit more. Energy. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna bring you down though because we got we got a little bit more of an MLB veteran joining us, Adam Jones. I don't know if you've heard of him, the five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glover, longtime Baltimore Oriole, pretty solid player. Last year played with the Oryx Buffaloes. He's gonna be joining us today on the podcast, so we'll humble you a little bit. That's okay. I'm used to that. Yeah. Like the last two podcasts, I've never felt so um, like out of touch because we had last year or last week, we had Jackie Bradley Jr. and you. This week, we're going to have you and Adam Jones. So, me being the really good student that I am and a really, you know, I had a solid college career, but I think I'm a little on a different spectrum, I guess. But I don't know. You don't have to play in the big leagues to be cool. It's okay. Okay. It's all right. You that's do fine. a good job of what you do, and that's all that matters. You don't have to play in the show. He, it's just a cool job. That's all it is. Will did say the other day that I could do this podcast from a porta potty and I still sound like an angel. So I am holding on to that one strong. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to get right into it. Uh, we're going to talk about bounce back candidates um, going into the 2021 season because we had a lot of guys being non-tendered this last week. We had Kyle Schwarber. We had David Dahl, surprisingly non-tendered. Um, a lot of big time. I mean, these are all-stars we're talking about. Kyle Schwarber, World Series champion, David Dahl, an all-star. There were some really good players hitting the open market now in MLB for agency that really weren't expected to, and now they are. Uh, so we're going to talk about bounce back candidates. Like I mentioned already, we're going to have Adam Jones, longtime MLB veteran, on today's show. Will Middlebrooks, of course, was non-tendered, if you didn't know, by the San Diego Padres. And you got it. What, what is the mindset there? Because essentially they're saying, we don't, we don't think you're really worth even a minor league contract. That's got to be kind of a blow to you and, and your mindset, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really tough as a player that, for one, they traded for me. So 
that means they wanted me, right? I get there, I play okay, I have some injuries. That's the story of my career. This, you know, uh, this was kind of in the middle of it when this happened, but um, played all right, hit some homers, not for mu- not much for average. Um, so they shipped me out to AAA, played well there, and they never brought me back. You know, and and it, so when they never brought me back in September, I was going, hey, you know what? I'm probably not going to get tendered a contract. So that that's tough uh, just as a professional, because you know, the work you put in and for the team basically say, we know you're arbitration eligible. We're not going to give you a contract. So um, just, you know, you're free, you're free to go. Was uh, which isn't a good thing. Wall, was the writing on the wall or were you kind of surprised? Like, damn, like I'm not going to be able to play for the Padres next year. I was surprised that I didn't get called back up because I played well, decent enough in AAA in El Paso to get back up. I was more surprised that I didn't go up in September. So when I didn't get called back up, I know it's a business. And at that point, that was my fourth year in the big leagues. I had seen how the business side of it worked. And like you said, the writing was on the wall. I knew it was coming. Well, a guy that might not have known it was coming, although he did struggle last year, Kyle Schwarber. Um, you know, last year, looking at his numbers, I mean – He's never been a high average guy. He strikes out a lot, but he's got massive power. Uh, last year, he hit just uh, 197. This is actually his career. He's hitting just 197 against lefties, 239 against righties. Right. So he obviously is maybe not a platoon guy, but he could be a platoon guy. And as we're going to talk about, it could be a really good DH option because he's yeah. been a really poor, poor outfielder. Um, he has not had a positive defensive war output. In fact, he uh, when you look at since – he started put being put out there in left field. Um, he's one of the worst defenders. He's talking about a negative 29 outs above average, according to fan graphs. That's fifth lowest among all outfielders. Yeah. So I know we talked before, you like Kyle Schwarber in an American League team. Um, and again, we're talking about bounce back candidates. Kyle Schwarber is certainly one of the top candidates to bounce back in 2021. Yeah, 100%. He, and like you said, last year he was bad. Last couple of years he hasn't been great, but the pop is there. The K rate's up. He also walks. He also works counts, sees pitches. Uh, there's not a great stat for that, but, you know, as, as a team and getting into teams' bullpens, that means something um, when you're building a lineup. But the hard hit rate, uh, you know, he's squaring balls up. His exit vol- uh, velocity is up uh, near the top of the league. When he makes contact, there's obviously a lot of swing and miss, but that happens as a power hitter who's trying to hit up for trying to slug and hit the ball over the fence. But um, I think a good fit for him could, could be Toronto, uh, could be Minnesota if they don't sign back Nelly Cruz because they're going to need they're going to need some pop. They're going to need a DH, and I honestly think him in the DH spot is going to help his career. It's going to help his at bats because he's a catcher. All right, let's not forget he was a catcher. That's right. I completely and, forgot. And just to make himself more it. versatile and be able to play, uh, be in the lineup more often and get consistent at bats, he he made the choice to move to the outfield. Um, yes, he's been really bad out there. He, he knows he's a liability out there. He's uncomfortable out there. And that stresses you out as a player. Uh, you know, I was, I was a decent fielder, but I would go through two, three game skids where I didn't want the ball hit to me. And, and that feeling and that lack of confidence would carry over into my at-bats. So if he's feeling that all the time, no wonder that stress and anxiety level is a little up and, and he's not having good at bats because he is in the back of his mind still worried about blowing the game in the outfield. Well, people were talking about Schwarber in a Yankee pinstripe uniform. I don't know if I love that because the Yankees have plenty of guys that strike out a ton and they have plenty of pop. They don't need another guy that strikes out a lot and also has pop. They just need to stay healthy. They don't need a college Schwarber. True. Interesting enough too, Schwarber against breaking balls, 
hit a 38.3 whiff percentage. He really struggles against breaking balls. Um, he hits the crap out of fastballs. You give him a fastball low and in, he's going to crush it, but he really struggles against yeah. breaking balls. So that's something to pay attention to. And I should have cleared this up beforehand, but what we're doing with these bounce back candidates, we're basically talking about if we were a GM, would we pay or pass? So I apologize. I should have mentioned that. I'm a bad host, but I'm making up for it. So Will, are you paying or are you passing on Kyle Schwarber as a general manager? I'm paying. I'm not overpaying. <laughs> of course, I'm no general manager wants to overpay unless it's the elite of the elite, but I'm paying. I think his, his power numbers are there and I want to see how he can do as a full season as a DH. Fair enough. I'm buying as well. Um, I know his whiff percentages are up, but they've always been up. Still got power. And again, you mentioned a DH role. Um, he could be really nice too. And it, unfortunately they talked about it. Uh, news just broke out that major league baseball is now telling teams to anticipate not having a DH, right. which sucks for guys like Marcelo Zuna, Kyle Schwarber, because I think Schwarber would be great with St. Louis personally. But, you know, moving on, let's continue. Another interesting guy. So I don't think there's anybody that could have expected Jonas Cespedes to just leave the Mets halfway through the year. He just dipped <laughs> out. He's like, yeah, I'm good. Um, I see where this team is going. And it's like the Mets in a nutshell, at least for the past couple of years. Now they got Steve Cohen. Hopefully they got something going. But Jonas Cespedes is now a free agent after dipping out mid-year. Um, safe to say that contract did not work out for the Mets. Do you see him landing with anyone because – He's had legal issues for one. Uh, he's had bull issues or, or pig issues. He, he fought with wild a pig. Board, and, wild hog, yeah. Wild hog, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. from the South. I, I can my, explain this when we're out. I don't have my right. wild animals intact. But yeah, wild boar. Um, he's just an interesting character. He's electric in the field. I mean, he's going to sell tickets. But if you have no fans in the stands, he's really useless, really. I, I mean, he's still got power, but... Yeah, no, he, he's exciting. I played with him uh, for a couple months in Boston in 2014, and he's an interesting character, that's for sure. He, he loves him some, uh, some Yoannis, that's for sure. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But I think he, he rubbed chatty? a lot of people – say that again? Is he chatty? Chatty? No, he keeps to himself. Yeah. He keeps to himself, but if you, if you start the conversation, he, he's pretty fun. He's, he's a funny guy. But I – I think he rubbed a lot of teams wrong with how he treated the whole, the whole Mets COVID situation. Um, now this is just my opinion. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him about this, but he didn't leave because of COVID that that's my full opinion. All my, my opinion. Yeah. The but cats he, the back there. He, he, he wasn't playing well. He was hitting 161 through what? 35 at bats or something yeah. like that. And, um, they started plugging in other players, Dominic Smith, those guys who, who were swinging it a little better, and he wasn't happy about it. He had already had a lot of money taken away from him because of all the injuries and the time missed, um, and he wasn't happy about that. So he left. Uh, I don't see him getting a big league deal. I just – I don't. I think a lot of teams are going to pass on the character issue. I think they're going to pass on the fact that he hadn't played many games in the last two years. That Baseball is a sport where you can't miss a ton of time and then just hop back in there and – go get knocks off guys throwing 98 with a 92 mile per hour slider. It, it, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. It's not football. It's, like not no offense to football right, players. Right. It's not a physical pass after sitting out for two months. Baseball, if you don't see a pitch for two years, good luck. Right. Football, you just, it's a, it's physicality. You just go out, man, out strength that guy. Baseball is more finesse. You have to use your eyes, your hand, eye coordination, your brain. <laughs> it's uh it's a tough it's, it's tough especially with the the long list of injuries he's dealt with he's going to continue to have issues uh throughout a long season 
So, so I'm, passing. I'm, I'm passing on, on Cespedes. I think he's a good candidate for a minor league deal, but I think his ego might be too big to take a minor league deal. Yeah, I'm not touching him with a 100-yard stick. Uh, I think, one, I don't think he's a cancer in the clubhouse. I just think he has too much going for him and not enough going yeah, for him. Yeah, definitely not a cancer in the clubhouse. I can tell you that firsthand. He's not a bad teammate. He just kind of does his own thing, takes care of himself. I wouldn't say he's a great teammate, but he's not a bad teammate. Yeah, and if for a guy that hasn't played more than 100 games since 2016, you're going to have to do a little bit more with the bat. And I know he's still hitting yeah. the ball hard. I mean, the ceiling is through the oh roof. Like, high ceiling, I get that, but – um he's also not going to take a really small deal i don't think i think he no. he his ego is too big well another guy that has gotten paid but is going to possibly look for a much smaller contract and might even make a good bullpen piece i think john lester world series champ and you played with him in boston am i right you are correct so uh, another guy one of my veterans he was one of my veterans when i came up uh for he's my a good guy years. he's a really good guy good teammate um He's good for a young pitching staff. I think he would fit in well with a, with a young pitching staff. Um, so I'm definitely, I'm definitely paying him. I'm definitely buying John Lester just because of his, uh, his history. He's, he's a winner. He's a proven winner. He's uh, a big game pitcher. Um, and, and honestly, I, when I sat down and I was thinking about where should he sign, Boston would be great because he started his career there. He beat cancer there. He threw all these big games. He, he, he won World Series. Um, but then the more I dug into it, when you get later into careers as, as a professional baseball player, you want to play close to home. He lives outside of Atlanta. All right? Atlanta could use an extra arm. They're, they're going to have a couple spots open in that rotation. Um, and I think he can make them better. They're younger. They are open to learning and getting better, and he has tons of experience to give them, and he would be able to play at home. And I think he signs a one-year deal. Uh, the Cubs turned down the $25 million option for this upcoming season, but the buyout was $10 million. So he doesn't need – I mean, he's made a ton of money anyways, but he doesn't need to sign a big deal this year. He's already getting $10 million from the Cubs just for not playing for them. So nice. I wish I could. Is, and if and if we weren't in, I mean, there were 59 non-tender players. That's maybe the most of all time. I'm not sure. Not don't quote me, but I know last year was 53, and that was a ton. Um, and that's just all because of the financial unsureness of each team right now. We don't know. They lost a lot of money last year. We don't know what's going to happen this year with a vaccine and COVID. We don't. We don't know. So teams are cutting guys like like that. Like they probably would have re-signed him uh, just to have his uh, experience on on the bench on the in the clubhouse, but they just can't pay for that right now. I think Atlanta's fine. I just don't know if they really. I think they could plug him in as a fifth starter or a guy that comes in for maybe somebody that gets hurt. Ian Anderson, um, one of these other new guys, is going to kind of plug into their rotation. Mike Soroka is coming off a big injury. You don't really want him throwing two hundred plus innings. Um, Maybe they do. I don't know. But I'm looking at Lester and I'm passing personally. I think he's a really good guy. I just think it's kind of time for I, I don't want him on a contender. Uh, I think Boston would be a great story. Atlanta would be a great story because that's where he lives. But you look at his velocity and his spin rate. It's it's down ticking. Um, and you think maybe oh maybe he just had bad luck. His expected OBA, expected batting average, expected slugging and barrel percentage all against him all down last two years too. And the last two seasons, he's had the two highest ERAs of his career. Right. That to me is not he's only right. He's getting older. There's only so many bullets 
and he's used a ton of bullets. He, you know, he's thrown a lot of innings over the years and made a heck of a career out of it. But um, if yeah, he wants to be a he's on the tail, he's on the tail end of a phenomenal career. Yeah, if he wants to be a bullpen piece, dude, I'm buying that guy. I just I don't think, think he would. I don't think he would. Yeah, he's I not. Mean, he's the, I think he'd rather retire than go out pitching in the bullpen, which just isn't him. Yeah, that's fair, and I, it, it's understandable. I mean, this guy has quite the resume. I mean, my yeah. guy, World Series champ, five-time All-Star, but I'm selling. You're, you're paying. I'm selling. That's fair enough. Uh, one more guy, David Dahl, and we'll kind of get into some quick hitters here. David Dahl, that is really surprising. He was an All-Star in 2019. Yeah. Problem with David Dahl, he just hasn't been healthy, and that's been a case for a lot of these guys that have been non-tendered, tendered. Uh, it really just comes down to health. That's baseball. David Dahl is an All-Star in 2019. This last season was atrocious didn't didn't play in very many games i want to say he played in 12 13 games got my notes in front of me um but uh just hasn't been healthy and his unfortunately a lot of his numbers were going down didn't hit a long ball last year he had two rbis i think it was or eight rbis i think just hasn't been there hasn't been healthy hasn't hasn't been a component for the rockies offense and frankly if you're colorado you can pretty much call up your handful of different guys in the minors. They're going to come up and hit 250 with 20 home runs in 162 game season in that ball. In Colorado, right? It's Colorado, yeah. And you, you play, you played in Colorado Springs. You know how far that ball flies. It does. It flies. And it, the thing with Dahl is, I think he's a really, really good player. Yeah. He can play all three outfield positions, which not many guys are comfortable doing that, just because of the way the ball slices in different positions is tough to play. Uh, but if you take away last season, he's a career, what, eight, 870 OPS? That's super solid. 828, yeah. Okay, so I was wrong. Thank you. It's for that. still good. It's solid. Like, Is that, yeah. Does, does that right. count last year? Because I said if you take away last season. Oh, I'm sorry. It, you're right. If you take away last season, which – so he had a labrum, correct? Shoulder. Damn, you just, you just went number crunch on me. That's fine. I could do that. It's not, it's not all just you. I got it. So <laughs> – he had a labrum last year. All right. I had a, I dealt with labrum issues from when I was 18 until now. I still deal with it. And I've had it scoped out a couple times, cleaned out. It's not fun. When that thing flares up during the season, you can't throw the baseball. All right. And then let's talk about playing in that elevation. I've played in Colorado. I spent a summer in Colorado Springs, which is a thousand feet higher in elevation than, than, uh, than Denver. And, the nagging injuries, the hamstrings that you can't stay hydrated. You like you drink so much water and Gatorade and you can only have so much and you're still pulling hammies. You see teams come in and off the road and they hit a double and you think they ran had to run a mile. Like you're out of breath that bad and your arm hurts, your back hurts, your muscles are just always tight. And that's why, I mean, look at Tulowitzki. He fell apart yeah. there. He was yeah. phenomenal, but he fell apart because that I'm telling you that elevation it takes a special player to be there and be successful and be healthy. Now, you, you can take advantage of it and hit there all you want, but if you're not healthy, you're not on the field, you're not putting up numbers, and that's been the issue with Dahl. But um, I'm, I'm buying him. I'm buying him. I think he's still a really good player. I think he's been dealing with injuries. I think he gets past that. And, and just looking at his swing and breaking down his swing path, that swing plays. He, his, he's through the zone. His bat path is through the zone. It stays in the zone a long time. He stays on off speed. He hits the ball the other way. I don't. There's not many holes in his swing when he's healthy. No, so no, let's no. get him. To, I can see New York. I can see Chicago uh, platooning him. Um, I mean, even plugging him in with injuries. Lefty hitting in Yankee Stadium is always a, a good thing. Uh, as that ball flies out, I, I sliced the ball off Mariano. I'm going to toot my own horn. I sliced the ball off Mariano out to right. So just hit it in the air. And he's got plenty more pop than I had. So 
I think he'd be a good fit there as a fourth outfielder platoon guy, possibly Chicago. I'm going on a tangent here because you brought up Mo. Is he the toughest at bat you've ever faced, or at least one of with this guy? Okay, so not at that point in his career. Yeah. I got him. I was the last guy to homer off him. I'll, I have to throw that in there. That's Do you have that on your wall back there? Sports trivia of the day. I was the last guy to homer off Mariano. The day before, I got Andy Pettit, too. But somebody else got him in his next start, so I wasn't mm-hmm. the last guy to get him. But um, he sucked. I think at that point in his career, his stuff wasn't as good, obviously. He still had a really good cutter. The velo was down. He was mixing in more two-seamers, which made the cutter a little better. Um, but the velo wasn't there, and I think just seeing him on the mound, seeing 42, seeing hearing his name and inner Sandman, the Metallica, as he's coming in, that's what made it tough because you're thinking about, wow, that's the best closer of all time, and he's trying to get me out. So it, it was a really cool experience, and it's something – and to speak on the person he was, after I homered, he sent a jersey over – Wow. And said, hope you ended with a note said, hope you always remember this Homer. I know I always will. And signed a Jersey. You can see it in up in the corner of my, uh, you can see the, the pinstripes up there in the corner of my video. That's the Jersey. And I have a Jeter Jersey in there with it as well. Um, cool. yeah, he was, he was all class and it was a really fun bat for me. <laughs> that's cool. I, I'm sorry. I went on that tangent, but that's, that's awesome. So going back to David Dahl, uh, yep. paying or passing, I am paying him because he's cheap. He was, he only made two and a half million dollars. I think it was last year with Colorado. Um, he's cheap. And I think San Francisco is a great fit. A guy, team for three years left in control too, I believe. Yes, exactly. Which is another crucial piece. Um, again, he just has to stay healthy. Um, and I think anywhere but Colorado is going to give him a better chance to stay healthy. So we got Adam Jones on deck and man, he's a unique personality. So he's going to be a lot of fun, but I want to kind of roll through a couple guys, just quick answers for you. I want you to tell me pay or pass on these bounce back candidates. Um, feel free to go as long as you want. Feel free to go as short as you want, but quick answers. Here we go. First up, Corey Kluber. Um, I'm paying him. I think he's still got a little left in the tank. I think a good signing, a good landing spot for him is Boston. He lives, he has his home uh, just out in Win- just outside of Boston in Winchester, Massachusetts. That's a comfortable place for him. Uh, I think he has a year or two left in the tank. I too am paying Corey Kluber. Chris Archer. Okay, this is a tough one because I really like Chris Archer. Uh, as similar a pitcher, to Kluber. Yeah, as a pitcher and, and a and a and a human being, I, I love Chris, Chris Archer, but he had thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. A lot of guys lose velocity. And I will say Chris Archer needs to be in the mid-90s to pitch well and be effective. He likes to pitch at the top of the zone. He's got a straight fastball. He can go down and away with it as well. But then that hard slider isn't nearly as effective when he's pitching 91, 92 miles an hour. We've seen him get hit around before the injury when he was a little bit lower on the, on the radar gun. So – It'd be, depending on how he is with his velocity would make my decision. He needs to be in the mid nineties to be effective. So for me, I'm going to have to pass. Fair enough. I would pay if I'm a team trying to rebuild like Detroit Tigers, San Francisco giants, maybe use them as a trade piece, but if you're a contender, probably not. Uh, two more guys here, Adam Duvall. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to pay. I'm going to pay because the thump is there. I think he can be a, I mean, he had what 16, taters in 57 games last year yeah. all right that's that's a really high rate for home runs in a short in a really small sample size so um i think the thump is there the contact wasn't i get that but that's a platoon piece that's a bench piece i think he fits in well with a, a national league team 
especially if there's no DH and there's a lot of moving pieces and plugging guys in. I think he fits in, and, I, and I'm paying him. I, too, am paying Adam Duvall. Last guy on this list, Eddie Rosario, who kind of a surprise wave by the Twins, and now he's going to be a free agent. All-star a few years ago. Yeah, he's too good of a player. He's too good of a player to, to – I, I wish – I feel like there's got to be more that we don't know. Uh, will it come out? I don't know. Was there injury? Was there this or that? There's plenty of stuff we don't know with front offices. Uh, I'm paying him. I think he's too good of a player, and he's still young, and he's got a, a lot left in the tank. So you got to take your chance there with him. I am passing, actually, just because I don't think he gets on base enough. I think he's a good player. I just think he has room to grow in regards to taking pitches. His chase rate is high. Yeah. Um, and Very it needs to improve, yeah. But that's his, um, game. that's his game. I feel like if you take his aggression away, there's a lot of players, uh, if you tell them to take a first pitch or take a strike, that completely changes and flips their bat and it changes their mindset. Some guys just have to be aggressive. That's yeah. just how they play well. Ooh, ooh, I forgot one. We can't pass. We can't not pay or pass. We can't leave this guy out. Yasiel Puig, paying or passing. Last guy. I'm passing. I'm passing just because I, I don't – well, he didn't even play last year. Yeah. All right. He, he's I, – I need to see how he – I know he just started playing uh, winter ball. Well, so he I was need willing to, to play, but then he tested positive for COVID, so that kind of ruined that. Yeah. I, I just think there's too many – I don't know. I hear too many stories about him being an issue in the clubhouse. I mean, you just watch him. I mean, it's a, it's a me, me, me show. Um, is he a very, very talented athlete and baseball player? Of course. So I think maybe a rebuilding team. I think maybe a Baltimore take a shot on them if yeah. you can get them cheap. Yeah, Colorado was kind of fluttered in there too. Um, yeah. I'm passing on him. He had a sexual assault allegation against him that came out last month. To me, it's starting to pile up. I'm, I yeah, don't want my clubhouse. Off the field issues that carry into the clubhouse. So, yeah. And I'm not saying every one of these allegations – sorry, this is a whole other conversation, but – I'm not saying they're all true. They're all, all these allegations are true, but like if it starts to turn into a trend, something you're doing is not right. It's a distraction when you're having to answer eventually as a teammate and you have a guy in trouble and in the papers and in the stories of doing things wrong off the field as a teammate, it gets old because you're saying, wow, this guy isn't focused on us and winning. He's got his, you know, got all this going on. And now I even have to answer questions to the media about Yasiel Puig. And it's a distraction in the clubhouse when your number one focus should be winning ballgames. So as your bounce back candidates for 2021, whether we pay or pass, we have Adam Jones on deck. He's, again, he has a, one of the a personality second to none. He's going to be a whole lot of fun. Adam Jones coming up next on the Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month. 
like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. We back. Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, excuse me. And we're back with even more talent. We got five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glover, Adam Jones. You know his resume. You know him as a player. Let's get to know a little bit more about him. Adam, thanks so much for joining us, man. Oh, anytime. You know what I mean? And it's it's good to come on here and let people know that, you know, I'm just a human being. You know, I just got a, just got a cool job. But, you know, I talk smack better than most, than most and I like to talk smack, so – I can attest to that. This man talks. <laughs> he is the Philip Rivers of the MLB. Hey, you got to talk <laughs> the smack. Nippon baseball league. Gotta, yeah, now I, I, mean, I can't talk smack because they're like – They don't understand you anyway. I want to just look at you. Just look at you like – Best smack talkers right. in Major League Baseball. Smack talkers? Besides you, of course. Who's the best smack just, talker? You got to go with silent. I say silent ones because he was just silent and just was, you know – He's cool, but we a lot of people thought he was a. Is uh, Pierzynski AJ? Oh, he wasn't yeah. silent. I played with him. Exactly, you have to play with him. I'm saying yeah. playing against him. <laughs> it took like four years. I get in the batter's box. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? It just hey, stared you, you. Just like four years, he just looked at me, and I'm like, <laughs> hey, what's going on? That damn. And then like I was like 2011 or 12 or something. He was just like, yeah, how are you doing? Once you I got through arbitration, he was like, "All right, yeah." So, okay, it must have been like, <laughs> "Hey, kid, kid, you might not, you might not be here tomorrow." So you know, I'd shut up and just try and get a hit. But I, I think he's seen that I was gonna be around for a little bit, so he's like, "All right, the kid can play." I mean, speaking so, of so, like the first few years in the big leagues, um, we talked about this before, but you were a part of one of my coolest memories in the show. I was hitting mm-hmm. my first career homer. I dug this out of the closet just for you. It lives. You can't really see it. There you go. First career homer ball. You were in that game. Mm-hmm. I know you remember that game. We talked about it. It went 17 innings. Yep. You hit the homer off our fourth outfielder, D-Mac, Darnell McDonald, to win the game for you guys. No big deal. Chris Chris Davis went deep and got the win on the mound. He was punching everybody mm-hmm. out going like 92. But uh, that was, He struck that was out Adrian Gonzalez. He struck out Aegon. He struck out Mike Avilas. I, I swung first pitch. I saw something close, and I was like, I'm just going to get this over with. I flew out the center. I mean, I was trying to take them deep, but uh, I was feeling myself. You know that I hit my first homer, so. But um, good times, good times. But um, Avila's had. Avila's had. There's nothing, but there's nothing better than that feeling, bro. Oh, no better feeling. That's for sure. Uh, Speaking of first one, speaking about you playing uh, with the Orioles, I think I want to dig in here. You know, we got some fun stuff out of the way, but I want to dig in here and really get your views on on really. Honestly, how the game's changed, the analytics in the game, technology in the game, all, all the different devices we use to break down swings and pitchers, mechanics and everything. You came in the game, you were drafted early 2000s. You've been in the game, this would be 18 years professionally. Uh, you've seen it go from old school baseball to this technological age we're in now. Just what are your viewpoints and what do you, how do you feel about how the game's changed? Well, first of all, I think baseball is still great. It's the greatest sport. Let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, it's, it's chess. It's the only sport where the defense has the ball. Think about that. The only sport. That and then I guess cricket. You know, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to, but I'm talking America, something some Americans care about. But, uh, you know, going from, you know, hitting behind the runner, playing the game right away, butting him over. Uh, that's how I was taught in the minor leagues. Now it's, you know, hey, 
slug. These kids, these kids come up nowadays and don't know how to bunt. That's just that's a that's just a and don't know how to bunt. And I, uh, the bunt is a wasted out. And uh, anybody in the Yankees bullpen or anybody in the Rays bullpen, uh, eighth, eighth inning when you got when you, you, you lucked out and got to walk or a single pass ball or whatever stolen base, man on second base, no outs. It, you think it's just going to be easy to uh, to just hit them that way or get a hit in general? No, people don't know how to bunt. Now, if you got the middle of the lineup, let's be honest. I mean, we all know, you know, Stanton is not going to bunt. Uh, uh, LeMahieu, Torres, all them big guys aren't going to bunt. But there's, there's a lot of guys in baseball that just don't know how to bunt anymore because it's not taught anymore. It, what is taught is, hey, it's about OPS, and I get it. Scoring runs is how you win the game. Creating runs is how you win the game. It's creating opportunities to create runs. I understand that. But sometimes you just have to take what the defense is going to get you. He's going to give you. But, you know, I, I'm, that's why I'm saying I'm starting as, as my career's gotten, ex, you know, still extending. I'm, I'm slowly trying to understand the other side of baseball. I have the last couple of years. Try to understand their point of view. Because as a product, you just, hey, I'm out there. You don't think about what they're thinking about. you just like, hey, I'm facing this guy tonight. Let me just have some good at-bats. Let me put the ball in play. Let me drive the ball. Let me get what I can do. You know, you thought your one for four was good. Up there, they could be like, that one for four was atrocious. He didn't do this. He didn't do this. He didn't do this. He cost it there. And you, but you in your locker, one for four, we got the. Dirt. I'm trying to learn what are they thinking. What's the what's the our value in player? And it's interesting because it works. I believe when you use the component of the players and the and the data together, opposed to just going on the data or just going on the right. players. I think it's we're in an era we're in an era where you have the data. You'd be a dummy to not use the data. But you'd be a fool to just use all technology. Like it has to have a component of look at this is how the game is going. This is how I'm feeling. You might, you know, I mean, you might your back might be stiff that day, and you could as as infield, especially a third baseman, you could see his swing if he's getting around on that heater that day. And if he's not, you're a little more comfortable. Like okay, he's not he ain't coming to me today. But you know when he's when him hips is getting through and up and he's like oh shh, this ball's about to come to me. This ball's about to be hot. And that's on that's the players seeing that that's the best the coaches that seeing that who have seen pitch after pitch live and see the swing so you know i just was think there, if you use them together it works was there is there a difference now that you are in japan um mm-hmm. they do play small ball they do oh, hit yeah. behind runners they do work mm-hmm. counts um how is it how does that work with the analytics there now it's a completely different game it's played differently it's played more old school like we just talked right. about because like i said they play yeah. small ball so how does it work there they play, yeah, the original, just traditional baseball. They play for one run, though. That's the difference. Americans, hey, you get a leadoff single, okay, hey, let's get a leadoff walk. Hit a leadoff, you know, I mean, a leadoff single, let's get a, a walk behind the guy. I need that three-run home run, the two-run home run, the RBI double, man on second. Like, it's, it's played for big innings. There, they play for one run. Later, I mean, and, and that's just how they do. Like, that's the style. And when I got there, I just was, you know, Mapping out and figuring out, just trying to see how they played, and it's like this is this is a culture shock. It's completely different on how they do everything. And you know, with men in scoring position, you're not getting nothing fast to hit. And you're nothing. talking for, hey fork balls that are good though. Like you play with Koji. Oh yeah. Hey, they, they throw him for strikes at will. He lived on it. He lived on the sport. literally. Yeah, mm-hmm. they throw him for strikes all day. He had better command of his split than he did his fastball. <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different style of, of game over there. But they play a really good – they play a clean style, a really efficient – they don't make errors. And when they make errors, you know, they're out there the next day taking a 1,000 ground balls opposed to being like, 
I made air. It's like us in the cave, just like, man, I had a bad game. I'm going to go hit two buckets. Exactly. It's the same thing. Oh, they do. Yeah, they work. So uh, they just try to be efficient. And I told you uh, yesterday that I I think I only seen like three errors from the pitcher, from the pitcher's position all year, like home, like against us and our team. Which did you like better, Adam? Did you like the small ball aspect or did you like letting them, letting them let you play, letting them let you swing away? I have always played baseball. If the situation called for me to do something, I've done it. I'm not, I mean, personally, because I don't care about my ego or care about anything. Like if it's a manic score position, it's like, you know, if I can, if it's a good pitcher, nasty pitcher, if I have no success off of them or limited, you know, what? Hey, I might need to uh, sacrifice myself, you know, maybe bunt for a base hit opposed to just sacrifice, but maybe bump for a base hit, which I've done a lot. Either if I'm out, okay, I'm out. I always try to just play the game no matter where I hit, but one through nine, I mean, we're trying to take you deep. Uh, but then mm-hmm. over in Japan, seriously, it's only, you know, you know, three and four and five that are – and maybe six that, that are trying to hit home runs. The rest are – they're like just, hey, put the ball in play, guys, that annoy you. Hey, these – oh, they annoy you. Hey, are we – Matt Albers? Uh, not Matt Albers. Uh, Andrew Albers, the lefty. Mm-hmm. Remember the lefty? Yeah. He pitched he, – hey, he, and I played behind him and, and just got to watch him pitch so much. And he makes good pitches, and they just flick him, foul him off, foul him off, foul him off. 80 pitches in the fifth. Throwing strikes. It's not like he's walking nobody. They're just fouling. Like, it's, it's a stunt. Then they got the two guys, especially three and four, that are just trying to launch. But majority of guys are just – Play the game, play the game, serving it up. And it's a good style of baseball. You know, it's, it's interesting and it's very humbling to see that style of baseball. And they hustle and they make, they try to get triple and everything. You would think one of your boys, uh, one of your former teammates, Chris Davis, this style of play would really fit him. Launch angle, nothing but home runs and extra base hits. He's really struggled the past few seasons. I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, he was one of the best hitters in the game. Why, why do you think, just from a player perspective, you were one of his teammates, do you think more, it's more mental for him or for, do you think it's more physical? Well, it ain't physical. I mean, knowing I'll be in his locker room for nine, eight years, seven years, something like that, seven and a half, you know, knowing he, uh, you know, put the time in, put the work in. You know, only time you ever, me and him shared, we locker match, we shared the same pains. Fouled that ball off your foot. Yep. My knee hurt. My back hurt. My wrist's killing me. My thumb hurt. That just happens. That's just everyday jabber. You know, my feet hurt this day. That's just the jabber was go, which goes on in there. Um, but we post up. And if he's posting, he's posting. I just think the struggles, you know, it, it could be mental at this point because, you know, when you're not having success and, you know, the big contract, people are like, oh, man. And he had, he had two unbelievable years to where, hey, I see why he got that monster monster contract. And, you know, when you get a big contract, you have to fulfill it. That's just – or the pressure's to fulfill it. And that just is what it is. And especially in Baltimore, it's like, what else is there to talk about? So let's talk on CD. Let's talk on CD. Opposed to the youth movement that they have going through there right now with, you know, knock on wood, Mancini comes back healthy. Uh, um, you got Santander and you got the shortstops. Uh, what's his name? I forgot. Got those hazel eyes, real nice eyes. <laughs> but I'm saying they have so much, uh, so much talent that's coming up that they should focus more on that. And you know how baseball has moved. You talking about on, on the, the physical aspect? Uh, how baseball has moved? Everybody's, you know, especially in the AL East, everybody's 95, 97, 99, and just sitting high, forcing fastballs on it. And 
uh, launch angle eliminates that. You can't you can't hit a high fastball with uppercut swing often. Well, well, I should say. If it's down, oh yeah, down in the zone and off speed, you're gonna hammer. Mm. Yeah, murder it. But that but you start going that belt and above and it's 95, 96. These dudes throw hard, man. Everybody throw hard coming, especially coming out the bullpen. Especially how you know teams are using their bullpens now to where <clears throat> there's only a few starters that are even allowed to go 100 pitches. You know what I'm saying? And most have to go 80. I don't know. But you don't, you don't see a lot of <clears throat> the quality start. That used to be a standard, like quality start. Now it's like <clears throat> like how 300 innings was. 200 innings is is like that now. And, and 200 innings is a lot of damn innings. But just imagine them dudes were throwing 300 innings. And I'm talking about like Kershaw has a couple. My, like this isn't the, the you know – furthest past of past. So it's like how baseball's transitioned in that form. That's an analytical side. You know, third time through the lineup. Right. Don't do it. Don't do it. Hey man, this dude on the mound got some experience too. I mean, damn. Let him let him be able to, that's why that's why you're not know, just a if you're a thrower, all right, get somebody out. But you know, it's a pitcher. Dude, both times. Let me navigate. Now if I can't get to it, get out, give me the ball, good game, smack one ass and keep going. But you know, the game has changed that way. I, I used to love when you used to see every night. Like I remember when Tillman had a four-year span. Every start was at least 100 pitches. Didn't matter the outcome. He's getting mm. his 100 pitches. Kershaw gets his 100 pitches. Unless he's giving up an eight spot in the second when he throws 52 pitches, he's going. He's getting 100. He just has to get 100. Verlander, 100. Scherzer, 115. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good luck taking him out of the game. <laughs> I want to change speeds a little bit. And just uh, before we wrap this up, I want to talk about Team USA. We can't not mm-hmm. talk about Team USA. Uh, you getting to go play in San Diego, which is your hometown, friends, family, robbing a teammate, robbing Machado on that, you know, the mm-hmm. iconic uh, robbery of his home run. Uh, I just want to hear about that because I think that's pretty cool to represent USA on New Jersey. Oh, dog, that was one of the best moments. I mean, obviously of my career. I mean, it's, 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 it, the, I said, the Olympics is the global, oh, man, I'm going to represent my country, you know, going to see a whole new everything, every other country in the world and just beautiful. That's the Olympics. WBC, it turned into bragging rights. You know what I mean? At first, I think it was just like a really good competition. Then America was pissed. Dominican was pissed. They didn't win it. Japan won both first times. So they're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> both countries, I think uh, United States, Venezuela, everybody, everybody felt like, oh, no, hell no, no, no. Japanese, they're not gonna come over here and whoop all our asses, and y'all just gonna allow it. So I think all the school, all the countries were like, yeah, now nah, this is for bragging rights now. 2013, Dominican won it. They was hype when they won it in 2013. I mean, and they were talking smack throughout the whole that whole WBC time. The Latin players, you you seen if you even look That's at when it, the swag it, started coming yeah. into the game again. <laughs> exactly, you had the dudes wearing the green sleeves. You had the Latins have own uh, BP tops with the Venezuela got the countries on they started to just be like looking hey man we here we here okay y'all good y'all thank you for the opportunity but this is this is our game now and America just had to say you know what ease that on a little bit there bro but the first game they got us what well, I mean that was the game they came that back was fun to watch. yeah oh my but then the second game back home it's semi it's the semifinals the winner goes to the, the the final round what game how big could it be the biggest game of the view I mean sold out crowd this time we had more fans for us in Miami. 
it was 52,000 people there, 51,995 Dominican. Uh, And San Diego, it was way more fans for us. And so it was, it felt like it was a home game for us even more. And we just duped it out. And, you know, we got to that seventh inning and we're up and we brought in uh, Clippert. He was our seventh inning to get to Robertson. And Chato comes up and just, you know, gets in the hitter's count. I'm like, okay, look, all right, look, you just got to, you know, secure this game. We got three more out. We got nine more outs to get first ball hit. I'm like, oh, damn. But, I mean, and I know my child. I hear the sound. I'm running. It's like, oh, just go. Just keep going. It's a long run. Keep going. And I, when I came down with it, I, like, I felt myself catch it. I, I came down. I looked at myself in the glove, and I grabbed it, and I'm like, there's no way I just caught this ball. Oh, this is sick. And then I'm like, I mean, the whole stadium is just going crazy. And I'm like, there's no way I just caught this ball. And like, I'm just black. I'm just blacking out. Threw a bullet back to Kinsler. And the cutching was near me. He's like, what? I'm just like, what the hell just happened? Walked him up and walked back to uh, center field. It's like. All while doing this at home in front of your friends and family, too. So. What the hell? It's really like yeah, written up perfect. I, I, I probably had I, that was the most that was the most text messages or messages in just general I've ever had in one day, hands down. That people just just like, and they and it's still an iconic play. It's still a great play because we won. We ended up winning the whole thing, and that, you know, right. it was fantastic. And we represent Team USA. We just told the world that you know, I mean, the Americans, you know, hey, we 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 still we're still running things, you know. And I I can't wait for the next one. I know it was supposed to be next year, but it's going to be twenty twenty three. I'm definitely not going right. to uh, probably participate in that, but it's going to be uh, awesome to see guys like Acuna, Soto, uh, Trout. Hopefully, you know, he's he's going to be about 32 at the time. Hopefully, he's still willing to do it. Harper, same age. Hopefully, they're, you know, willing to do it. And uh, this next group of real good pitchers, you know, as Bueller and uh, Bieber of the world, so hopefully they, they join and, and do it. And Mookie, you know, hopefully, you know, he wants to do it next time, so – yeah, it's just a it's just a grand tournament, but it's bragging rights now. And Dominican made it after that in thirteen. And but I think Japan incited by coming over here and whooping our ass two times. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's kick it into fifth gear here. Uh, let's get some rapid fire questions that Will has ready to go for you. We're gonna oh yeah, these will be quick. We just got a few of these, and uh, just right. quick first answer that comes to mind. All right, let's go. First, first favorite city to go to as a visiting player. Ooh, visiting player, favorite city, Seattle, Brothers Trip, Steakhouse, okay. El Gaucho. Yum. Love that. <laughs> and they did they draft you? Yeah, they did. All right. I'll change gears. In Japan, what's better, sushi or wagyu? Wagyu. Sushi's amazing, though, but the wagyu, come on, I'm I'm, I'm carnivore. Let's be honest with you. I bet. All right. If there was one teammate you would not want to be quarantined with, who would that be? <laughs> Dang, and you did you still hasn't found the guy's name. I, he was a left. We were talking about this. A, I got. We were discussing this. Will Omen, Willie Air, or Wilson Betamy? Because Will Omen. It was Omen. Okay, so Will Omen. Was Omen. Will Omen. <laughs> Will Omen. <Okay. laughs> hey, he's gonna be sacrificed, and I'm gonna eat him because I can't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good guy, meant well, but gosh, shut the hell up, Will. Damn. <laughs> I love it. I love hearing stuff like that. All right, is there a TV show or a TV series that you're locked into right now? Uh, finished the Undoing real quick. Uh, that was a nice little six episodes. Um, 
Braden for the Ozarks. Um, I mean, Japan gave me a lot of time. I did a designated survivor. That was cool. I like Keeper Sutherland because I love 24. So okay. that was that was some good, you know, I watched though, but that was good. So favorite date night spot with the wifey in San Diego. In San oh, okay. Diego. Ooh, in San Diego. Oh, okay. <clears throat> oh, because I had a few. Every, I've got some everywhere. San Diego date night. Uh, this place, Barbosa. Barbosa, Italian spot. Okay. Bob. And actually, I don't. I don't like Italian outside. I like Italian at home. But Bob. Okay. Last. Bob. Last question. One thing on your bucket list you need to check off. Uh, Australia and Antarctica are next. So check off all the continents. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, Australia. And yeah, that's a pretty. I mean, to see all the continents is Antarctica is probably going to be the toughest. And, yeah. but uh, I don't even think I'm that I don't ambitious. Know if you get a straight flight from. Uh, San Diego to Antarctica, but who knows? No, you would have, you'd probably have to go. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I've never even looked into how to get there. You probably got to go with the U.S. Coast Guard or something like that, or some, some, you know, people out, so, some people out there looking for ancient aliens. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's supposed to be some big world base under there where Hitler's still over there. He's probably about <laughs> 99, but he's still there. <laughs> I got one more for you before we let so, you. Go. Yeah, yeah that, that's some cook. Oh, what do you got, buddy? All right, hypothetical. San Diego, they're vibing right now, the Padres. That's your hometown. AJ Preller is calling you up right now. They're saying, hey, we got you on a one year deal. We have a one year deal for you. You coming back? Because I love setting my alarm clock to watch you in Japan. I do, but I would much rather watch you at five o'clock my time. Uh, Same here. So, what, <laughs> what do you think is hypothetical? If if there was a way, I mean, hypothetically, it's, it's going to be it's hard to get out of a contract, first off. So that's another league. I can ask my wife. She can read the contract and all that stuff. But that would be hard not to try and find out a loophole situation. You know what I mean? If it was for the same amount, plus or minus, minus a couple, you know, 100,000, you'd have to entertain it. But I'm happy where I'm at. You know, I made a decision. I made a commitment. And, you know, I'm happy where I'm at, but obviously who wouldn't want to play for their hometown team team? I grew up loving and, and still watch. And obviously they had a great year and their, their next couple of years are crucial because they won. They got money to spend and they got talent right now. Hey, thank you so much. This five-time all-star, four-time gold glover. You can make the case one of the best Orioles to ever play, really. I mean, one of the great guys in this game. Uh, on, the, on the lower end, there's some greats, man. Hey, one of the greats end. in my mind. One of the greats in my mind. Thank you. Forever. Thank Adam you. Jones, we miss you out here in the States, but hey, who knows? Maybe we'll see you back again in San Diego one more time. Adam hey, Jones. Thank you, Jones. You never know. Adam Jones, man. He is unlike any other. I mean, really. We need him back in the States. We need him back in the States because he's, so, he's so fun. I know he's maybe past his prime, but the dude's a dude. He's such a fun personality. I mean, you saw it right there. He just, he loves, he, he, I love talking baseball with him because he just – you can tell he, how much he loves a game. His passion is, is unrivaled for, for baseball. Yeah, and he was talking about analytics, implementing that into his own game. And he even said, if you're not using analytics, you're cheating yourself. So I want to ask you, how much did you implement? Because analytics was starting to become more right. and more of a factor when you were playing. Yeah, no, I, I definitely – the biggest thing for us was just the amount of video that we could use uh, on – opposing pitchers on ourselves. Um, everything was spin rates and rap sotos and track man and all that was just getting started towards the end of my career. So I didn't get to reap as many of the benefits from that stuff, but we had 
all the video you could ever want. So we were given all the scouting reports, all the, the video and, um, you know, notes that you could ever want. And they wanted you to have it all so you could sift through it and just use what you needed. So I think the hardest part as a young player is having not getting overwhelmed with the amount of information and ha- sit down with a veteran and, and, and say, what works best? Like, what do you think I need? Like, what works for you? That way you can pick A, B, C, and D, uh, or one, two, three. And those are the three things you focus on that help you get better as a player. So that was the hardest thing for me was finding what worked. Uh, not much worked for me, but <laughs> that's baseball. <laughs> but um, I would definitely say use it. Use as much as you can. Just don't overload yourself. I think it's like anything in life too. Even if you're working an office job, you're going to have certain numbers that could help you. But when you're young and you're grinding, you just want to do a really good job. You want to impress. Like for me, example, like I, I work an office job and I'm just trying to get numbers, but I don't, when I hear information and I hear advice, sometimes it just goes in one ear and out the other. And that's just like any young person. So I think it's anything, but um, you know, anyways, like such is life, I guess. So Anyways, that'll do it for uh, the second uh, takeover for Will and I. Will, this was fun, man. I want to do it again next week. I can't wait, man. This is awesome. Anytime we can talk baseball in December, I'm game. Yep. Winter meetings are ongoing, so plenty to talk about. And our producer, Frank, just let us know that Carlos Santana signed a deal with the Kansas City Royals. So things are picking up. Adam Eaton to the White Sox was reported today, um, as was Lance Lynn to the White Sox. So... We got moves. We got moves. So anyways, we'll be back with you guys next Wednesday. Both Will and I will miss you. We won't miss you that much, but we will see you next week. Thanks guys for joining. This has been the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.